this would be the first time ever in rankings where I would I would go into it with the realistic confidence that we could be having the first three picks in the draft in that order. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, good morning. It's Wednesday, January 21st. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. We've got a special edition of the College Football Daily today. We have mined over 10 hours of the 24-7 Sports' ranking council's deliberations, their conference calls, as a barrel toward a January 28th release date for the final top 247 for the class of 2020. So we've gone through all those hours of calls between 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting, Barton Simmons, who you're about to hear, Steve Wiltfong, Charles Power, Greg Biggins, Brandon Huffman. And we found 40 or so minutes of kind of the best morsels. We're not really going to tease anything. We're not going to tell you who's number one. We're not going to tell you who all 32 five stars are, but we want to sort of give you a little bit of an appetizer before that January 28th date. So I'll turn it over to the council. Enjoy. As the 24-7 Sports Rankings Council convened to discuss the final top 24-7 for the class of 2020, including setting our 32 players who deserve five-star status, our focus zeroed in on a great battle for number one. Brian Brzee has been number one for us since we first released our 2020 rankings over two years ago. The Clemson-bound defense alignment, who I personally compare to Ndamukong Sue, has done nothing to lose that title. But we aspire for our rankings to mirror the NFL draft, where positional value trumps all. And considering a quarterback has gone number one overall four times in the last five years, with another likely coming this spring, the allure of placing a generational-type quarterback prospect at the top is hard to pass up. And in Alabama-bound Bryce Young and Clemson-bound DJ Uyangalale, we've got two of those guys to throw in the mix with Brzee at number one. We would probably all agree that there's three number one candidates, three that are above everyone else. Are we, is, is there, is there a fourth that anyone wants to throw in there? Otherwise, so Brian Brzee, DJ and Bryce Young, any strong opinions on who should be one? I, I was just, just kind of thinking about it. So kind of how I would frame it is I think they're all at least one Oh one looking at like the past rankings. Um, I, I think the quarterbacks are, are both one ones. Um, and then I think the question is, do we think Brian Brisset is better than a 101, like historically speaking? And if he is, obviously he's the number one guy. If, if, we, if we think they're all 101s, I think we probably should rank a quarterback first. But to me, that's kind of how I would frame it as the ultimate question is like, historically speaking, is Brian Brisset a 102, 103 kind of prospect or is he a, a, like, like a 101? It's, it's kind of interesting, like, philosophical deal with, with how you rank number one. Some of the thinking last year was like, well, like, like a corner is not going to go number one overall. I, I think that's kind of a faulty way to think about it, it kind of in hindsight, because like we all thought Derek Stingley was one of the best corners maybe like we'd ever seen. So I think if you, and that, that's kind of the, the benefit of having that, that numerical, like the, the rating scale where we can look back and see, okay, like Trevor Lawrence is a one one like it's, you know, year over year, you kind of get that. So, you know, like a, a guy, like if, if Bryce or DJ are one one you could say, okay, you could extrapolate that and say, okay, they would have both been the number one player in last year's cycle. It's not really, you know, it's not necessarily 
an indictment on a quarterback going number one overall if uh, if they would be the number one player in almost all these recruiting classes. I, I think the discussion is really, do we think per se is a one is higher than a one one to me personally? So who you got, Charles? After all that, <laughs> I mean, if I would lean, I would lean Brisset number one, like a one o two, and then Bryce number two, and then DJ number three. After thinking about it, but if if we thought Brisset was a one o one, I I would put Bryce number one. It just really have depends we, on how good do we, how good historically do we think Brian Brisset is. Have we ever had a D lineman one o two? Yeah, we've had the highest. Yeah, Davian Clowney was um, he was like one o. Clowney was one o five, I think. Uh, Walker Little was Rashawn 103. Gary. Gary was 101. And like, like, Brisset is significantly better than Gary to me as a football player. Yeah, Clowney was 105. We may never get anybody above 105. <laughs> and what's the highest the scale can go? Or is there a... I mean, you can, you can, go, to, one, you can 110, go to 110, right? technically. Oh, dang. But, but 105 is, is, has, is as high as it's ever been. He's the highest rated player I've ever had. Yeah. Um, I, didn't, I didn't see Clowney, I'll be honest with you. I would probably put Bryce one. DJ two, Brisset three for me, but I would not argue with anybody who wanted to have DJ one or Brisset one. Like for me, they're all really close. I just feel like Bryce might be the surest thing. Yeah, I I, I think I think it's to me Bryce or or Brisset. It's a tough conversation because you say uh, you know who's more likely to go number one overall, and then if you're kind of dealing with like I think like Brian Brisset's floor is probably like top ten pick. Um. And then you could have a quarterback. It usually it's a lot more variance with the quarterback, um, but but obviously like the like the ceiling, the ceiling is higher. And a, a, it is kind of hard. Like if you look at all of like the historically all of the ranking sets, the only so far I think maybe five rankings have ever had a guy go number one high school, number one draft pick, and that was uh, everybody. Everybody was clowny, and then and then. 24-7 with Miles Garrett. And then, you know, Trevor Lawrence has a really good chance of that. Whoever had him number one next year, but I mean, we, we don't know. But so it's basically like five, it's like about 10%. Maybe so we got a chance to hit this of, thing a fourth time. So I went through, we went through a bunch of Brzee comps. We've gone through like a, a sort of evolution or, or of, of Brzee comps. And like, I think we're, we're right now, we maybe have comps for Rashawn Gary you know, we've talked about him like a J.J. Watt kind of comp before. I I actually like, as I circle back to one of my earlier ones, I think he's grown into trending more towards this. I, I think he's Indomitian Sue. So Indomitian Sue, even he was as good as he was, Heisman Trophy winner, or well, not winner, whatever, Heisman Trophy finalist, finalist. Uh, all, the, all those awards he got, you know, as, as high profile as he was. He was still the second pick behind Sam Bradford, who's a quarterback, obviously. And so it's a tough, you know, we, we, I think we learned a little bit of a lesson last year on number one and that you can't just swing for the fence. There has to be a level of floor that you have to sort of factor in for number one. And the nice thing is all these three guys, I think, have high floors. So, like, what's the worst case scenario? I agree. I think worst case scenario for for Brzee is, is top 10. What's the best case scenario for Brzee? I guess it's one, but more likely it's like two or three. Yeah, probably uh, like top five. And so what's the worst case scenario for DJ? And I know this is obviously like, who knows? But I mean, when you think of how it does, when you think of sort of the worst case scenario for, for DJ, 
uh, with that size, with that arm, it doesn't. The floor is not very low. Same with Bryce, even with his size. And then obviously their ceiling both is at, is at one. So all that to say, I think Brian Brzee is the best player in the country. I think Brian Brzee is 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 a fairly generational defensive line player. But I also think we don't every year get the opportunity to go with the quarterback at one. And so if it's even close, it feels like we're cheating ourselves almost if we don't pick a quarterback at one. So we might as well nail down the order of the quarterback and then it's just X versus Y. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a two pronged decision at that point. So let's get that out of the way. Bryce or DJ, I've gone back and forth on it. I can lead. Does anyone else want to take, well, take the reins? I just have a question. Is there like Bryce Young is, is amazing. Every time we see him, he was the best quarterback at the all America bowl in practice, the way he anticipates the way he throws guys open, the way he's accurate with the football, good decision maker and some of the games this year, the way he played under duress. But is there any part of his game that the, that's going to be viewed as not talented enough to be elite in the NFL when the draft comes around? Is this arm? Does he check the box with all the arm talent questions and everything? Yeah, I, I think so. Compared to compared to like like Joe like Joe Burrow is going to go number one this year, and he he doesn't have a strong arm. I think in high school he had a stronger arm than than Goff, Mayfield, and Kyler. Yeah, I was just going to say Kyler's probably the, the closest comp, and I think Bryce's arm is is stronger. I mean, they're, they they they're so similar too, and just in terms of I think yeah, what they did I think the arms probably the arms probably comparable. Kyler probably better throwing vertically has a stronger arm, but Bryce, in terms of the velocity, like short range, it's I think I would say it's virtually the same. So if we don't see, well, a well, flaw, hold, on, hold on, you're saying that you think DJ and Bryce's arms are virtually the same? No, 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 no. I'm saying Kyler Bryce Murray and Kyler. Oh, 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 okay. Do we have any flaws in DJ's game that an NFL GM or someone might be able to pick apart in a few years? I would just say, like the to me, the the only flaw I can find with him is he's kind of got like a little long of a release, and it, it shows up kind of on the quick stuff with the ball not coming out clean all the time. If I had a nitpick of him, like mechanically, that's what kind of what it would be. He's kind of got that longer like baseball motion, and with it shows up more with quick stuff. I, I almost think he's more accurate downfield than he is like on, on short intermediate passes. My my concern has always just been you know, not as quick to process as he needs to kind of one read guy, second reads, you know, first reads, not there kind of holds the ball a little bit. Doesn't, is not as quick going from, you know, one to two to three and just kind of being able to maybe buy some time and improvise. You know, you watch Aaron Rodgers go to the line and call like 18 different things. Well, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever see DJ, you know, get to the line, change this, change that, move this guy here, there. That's my only concern. I don't really have an issue with the real. I see so many ugly releases in the NFL now. I, I used to think that, but I don't really care that much about the release, but it's more the other parts. But it sounds like us talking about it like this, Bryce has the edge to be ahead of DJ. I mean, the thing is DJ has, DJ has an arm that like, we're not like we're, we may not see for a, a while. He has, a, That's he has, my thing. it's like generational. Yeah. Like he has physical ability that is going to be, undoubtedly NFL GMs are going to love it. You know, he's got 
and and I know that size doesn't matter as much anymore, but we're still talking five ten versus six four. I mean, and and, and not not an immobile six four. And not so, even talking the weight difference either. Yeah, I mean the durability he he has, and so I, I think Bryce is a better football player right now, and I think GB kind of alludes to that. But I just think about that. I think they're both going to have great careers. But I think about in a couple of years, like what's the narrative going to be? What what's the most likely narrative for those guys? And I think I don't know. Like I guess worst case scenario for me for DJ is is like Dwayne Haskins. Like I can't see him be anything less than like a top fifteen pick, Dwayne Haskins. What's the worst case scenario for Bryce? I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't know that because I have a hard time seeing him not be successful and if he's successful, but it's just then where, where, like, where do the traits come in? Because you're right. He is going to get, I mean, look, Joe Burrow is knocked for his arm, but he's also having the best season of all time. That's why he's not getting knocked for his arm. Typically, typically in, at least in recent history, the number one pick at quarterback has been the best player in college, the guy who has is the most efficient and the most accurate. And that's kind of why that's kind of why Lee Bryce is. I just think like if I had to guess, I think he's going to be the better college player, and I think that overrides some of the trait stuff. You know, at least at least in the last couple of years, that's kind of the way it's way, the way it's trending. I think like how intuitive and accurate he is. Uh, if, if you look at like recent number one picks, the top quarterbacks taken, that's kind of how it's trending with the way like the offense is everybody's running when we really start to drill down into the final rankings the debate over positional value intensifies that debate heats up after the top three where you've got a glut of pass rushers and defensive linemen battling each other names like will anderson miles murphy gervin dexter jordan birch and jalen carter and you've also got julian fleming fleming an ohio state signee is one of the top receiver prospects we've seen in some time some people believe that purely He's one of the top three players in the country, but his position doesn't carry the same value as the defensive lineman. So there's a discussion to be had. In fact, you'll notice positional values and projecting what a player might become at times dominates our conversations. I think like just looking at looking at pass rushers, I, I think like my thought on that was it's just kind of they all they come in different shapes and sizes. There's there's one, two or six, two. There's one, two or six, six. Uh you know, it just it really depends on I think the the first step, and then and then one thing with Will Anderson being six two and a half is he's got really long arms, and he if you just kind of see that guy walking around, you, you never think he's short or anything like that. You know, he's got like the uh, the length, and obviously he's strong. That was the one thing that kind of caught me off guard was you know watching his video, he's in the backfield before the the linemen are out of their stance, and so you know how quick he is. But like I was kind of like startled by like the like the speed to power, um, and Ishali was like basically like just kind of running the offensive lineman back into the dummy. I'm gonna bring him up again, not for the four spot, but just Julian Fleming is the is the kind of the the, the knock, just the positional, you know, wide receiver isn't really valued as high. So I, we gotta- to me, if if he's a, if he is clearly better than these other defensive linemen that we're talking about. If he's just a clearly a better prospect, then that's fine. We can put him at four, and I'm good with that. I, I'm just not sure that I believe he's 
a significantly better prospect than those guys. And if it's, and that's, yes, that's what I'm getting at is positional value. Like if it's close. Well, he's the best athlete in the country and he's played three sports. I mean, you can make an argument. He is had the best Nike rating, uh, multi-year state champ, multi three sports standout. Hasn't focused on football yet. Every time we've seen him, he's made it look easy and natural. Always plays within himself. The last two NFL drafts, receivers haven't gone very highly. Um, nobody last year went in the top 25. Marquise Brown was 25. The year after that, it was no one went inside the top 23. DJ Moore was 24. But every other year, there's been multiple guys in the top 10. Almost, you know, you can look at the D-line comparison. Last year was a great year for D-line drafted. Like, there was three or four in the top 10. But every other year, there's been only one or two in the top 10. Yeah. So, and I, I really I think Fleming's pretty dang good. I don't see a weakness in him. Again, it's not just on the field, but I just think, you know, character counts, work ethic is off the charts. He's a great football player, great teammate, productive, off the chart testing measurables, multi-sport dude, all that. Going to an offense that we know he's going to get the ball in a lot that's sent receivers to the league. So, again, not saying he's four, just saying before we get outside the top ten, I just wanted to, you know, kind of keep throwing his name in there. Well, I— yeah, that, no, that's fair. And we haven't gotten, out, we haven't gotten outside number four. Sherman Dexter is kind of like if you put Darnell Washington at offensive or at defensive line, and he was like as good as he could possibly be. That would be kind of a Gervin Dexter right now. You know, like it's just guys like 6'6", six, six, probably 280, extremely strong. So I, mean, if you're, it, I think he's definitely, he's an upside play. I had Will Anderson five. I had, Initially, before I put Broderick Jones at four, before I YOLO to put Broderick Jones at four, uh, my top five was was the three and then Fleming and Anderson. I mean, I think you make a compelling case for for Dexter to be higher than I thought. I mean, I like I like Carter not far behind him too, and I like Will Anderson right up there in this mix as well. I think Keely Ringo's top ten. I, I think I had him at like 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 seven or eight or something like that. I think when you when you factor in the athleticism, how he's just a, like I, I think he answered any questions. Like I, I think coming in, we, we we saw you know him maybe struggle at times on the camp circuit in like the one on ones, and is obviously it's kind of like an anecdotal thing. We weren't there; it's just you're just going off like limited video. But he like really, I mean, exceeded my expectations in coverage. Like they they avoided him like the plague in the game. Uh, I he was locked down the whole week. Um, I think when you like when you factor in his size, his speed, uh, I, I like the way he practiced, uh, all of that, and, and then you kind of factor in like corner is, is a premium position. I think that the value on corners is only going up. He's a safe top ten guy. Was he so? Did he? Uh, I mean, all the reports look great. I like him a lot too. Did he didn't he didn't look stiff at all, like laterally. No. I know he's always for me. He's been a straight line guy and. It, just watching that's, him in person, and that's also kind of what surprised me is how fluid he looked last okay. week. Yeah, he was his like his like changing directions, and and then like the like I I was it was I, I was going in like not knowing what to expect, and we're talking about an elite group of receivers, and all the yeah. corners were getting torched except for Keeley, and then you go back into the summer, and Keeley's checking uh, Eric Gilbert and matching up with the big tight ends too. So there's he's really a mismatch eraser with the size and speed he brings to the position. And he's and the, rivals, the rivals clips that I was seeing, he wasn't, he wasn't checking anyone. Like he was stiff yeah. and he couldn't move and he checked out. And then even watching him at some seven on seven, he's 
when you say he's a, he was a great athlete, he's a, he was purely just straight line. He didn't have great lateral mobility, change of direction, kind of got stuck in the ground. So he must have been doing some serious work, which is which is that's great. Uh, yeah, he you know, was, if he's he that, then he, he should really be top powerful. ten. And, and that's really why I said I I came around on him after Army Bully. I thought he was, I mean, I thought he was the best player on the West outside of Bryce, just in terms of what he did for the whole week. I, I guess like you know Charles, I kind of went with not, you know not know what to expect because we'd seen the seven on seven, we'd seen the other clips. I mean, he looked fluid. Each of the receivers all said that he was just, he was the most difficult matchup. He he just looked different, and he he wasn't grabby at all. And, and I fully expected him to be a guy when he'd go up against. You know, the more physical guy like a G or a faster guy like Jalen, he was going to be very handsy. He wasn't at all. Yeah, and he was. He, he that's a great point, Huff. And he did that, but he was also he was not grabby, but he was extremely physical. Yes. Like, he, but he, but he played like with good, like te- like his technique was great. I thought. I have him seventh in mind, so I'm I'm definitely think he's top ten guy. All right, now Noah Sewell. So I can see Noah Sewell being like a better defensive tackle than the defensive tackles that we have ranked higher, Gerben and, and Jalen, if that's what he evolved into. So that's kind of the dilemma with with Sewell. He's highly unconventional to me. If he sticks at linebacker, I think he's towards the bottom of the of the five stars. Given like he made it he makes a ton of plays in his role, but then we also saw like, I mean, he's two hundred and seventy three pounds. As athletic as he is you know, that shows up more so in his pursuit. Like, he, it's just, you're a 275 pounder can't, it's not going to be able to cover running back really one on one. Like, it's just, that's just a tough proposition. I mean, obviously, love everything about him as an athlete, as a player. No doubt that he's going to be an impact guy regardless of where he plays. I, I think um, his hand's going to be in the dirt and he's going to be a very disruptive, quick, strong, change of direction, everything defensive lineman. In, in seeing him in person, I know everybody kind of says they're like, man, like, you know, he looks like he's 230, 240. Yeah, but his, his measurements at check-in, uh, 6-1 in an eighth, 273, 31 in three-quarter arms, nine and three-quarter hands. I, 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 I think you can make a case for having him ahead of Burge. I wouldn't put him ahead of Murphy. So my question to you, Charles, is do you think if he's playing a three technique in college, you like Carter and Dexter for sure better than him? I do. Yeah, That's fine. Right. I just want to make sure that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. I, 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 think his best, I think his best case scenario is to be a linebacker at 250, 255 pounds if he can get there. Um, I think if he goes to defensive line, he could be really good. Don't get me wrong, but he's, then he's six one <laughs> and he's, then he has 31 inch arms. What is the ceiling on where we think, or I mean, uh, the floor of where we think Skaronsky is going to get drafted. I mean, got to think first three is, rounds, is right? He gonna, is he going to be re-rated as a guard or listed as a guard? I was, he's listed he's, as center right now. Yeah. He's going to start his career at tackle at Northwestern, but I just, you know, we're seeing guards go in the first round now. and Right. I'm just saying he's listed as a center on his profile. Right. That's why I was trying to think who was the last center, five-star center. Well, I, don't, I don't think that's the way to look at it, though. I think it's the way to look at it is who was the last, last first-round center. No, not like, yet. Well, yeah. I was just more out of curiosity. Had there been a center five-star? 
but yeah, who, who was the last center drafted? Well, look, if he if we're going to rate him as a center, then then I'm not arguing that he's a five star. But I just think I don't think I don't. I think it's I think it's I think it's irrelevant. I think yeah. I think center guard. He's an we we view him as an interior offensive lineman, interior offensive lineman. That's what I'm saying. First rounds. It's That's like we have, we're not having five guards in the first round. We're or, or in the top thirty-two. We're having we're having one. So if we think he's that guy in this class, that is the one that we think is a potential, you know. Future first rounder, then that's that's not we're, we're not bucking the trend. We're we're this, we're consistent with the trend there. Yeah, and so like 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 the last two drafts, there's been five interior linemen taken in the first in the first round, two and a two lot of last those, year and then three the year before. And a lot of those guys were were tackles in high school, which is what Skaronski. Yeah, is. it's like it's like Quentin Nelson, Frank Ragnall, Billy Price, Garrett Bradbury, um, and Chris Lindstrom are the five. Yeah, I mean Skaronski is what was one of my like. I had like I whittle it down to like four or five for the three spots, and he was definitely one of mine. So I, I would I would feel very comfortable with him being in there. I watched Darnell Washington again. I kind of thought about him a little more. I talked to some people about him. Like I do think one thing about Darnell Washington that is worth bringing up is the is the idea of yes, he was a little stiff at Under Armour at tight end. I think you you maybe even brought this up yesterday when we talked about him, Charles. But like he's still, he could be a defensive end, uh, three four defensive end. He could be an offensive tackle. He could be a, you know, an, an interior guy. Even like I mean, there's there are some other outs for him to pan out than just tight ends. Um, so. I'm a little hesitant for him to be a five star as a tight end, but I think he may still even be actually ranked by us as an athlete. I think he is, yeah. Which is probably the proper place to have him. I would just yeah. be curious with Darnell if he would be willing to make that move. That's kind of my question: is 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 what are the what are the chances he plays elsewhere? Because if 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 George is planning on playing him at tight end and he's all in on tight end. I think that lessens his his ceiling to me because I, I just don't I just do not think he's a five star tight end after seeing him um, at Under Armour. I think at Under Armour though, Charles, I think that was probably the worst he's ever we've ever. I, I mean, me and Huff have seen him a lot in person, and he, he wasn't super fluid at the opening final, but he just looked really out of shape. I mean, like every other play, you know, he had his hands on on his head, kind of grasping for air, <laughs> grasping for breath. So yeah. I don't think that was a a great indicator, but um, I would like him as a five-star athlete. It just, I would, the criteria for me would be like, would he be willing or would he say, I'm out of here and, and transfer if he's asked to move? So that, that'd be the only hiccup for me as an athlete. He's definitely, of, of all of these guys, I think it's pretty fair to say he's the biggest boomer bust. Like, you know, now that we've kind of removed Evans, um, you know, I, I, I think, I think he, he's definitely one where, you know, you could probably you, you might be kicking yourself if you don't have him as a five star down the line, but you know, there's also a chance where he just doesn't like there's just not it if you told me he was gonna play tight end throughout his career, I don't see a, a very strong case for him being a five star personally. So yeah, I, I, I guess I, I guess we might need to figure out like what the likelihood of that is. I, I don't disagree with that necessarily. Um and I don't even necessarily feel strongly that he should be in. Greg, did you did you so you're feeling like he should be in as a five-star athlete? Yeah, I mean, kind of like to to piggyback on your point, 
I think he's the he is a boomer bust guy, but he'd be the one guy who we would look back and go, dang, I wish we would have had him as a five. I think he has a chance to be good. And of all the guys on this list, at least the ones that I'm most familiar with, and I was kind of watching Tim Smith and Kennedy's film, I just feel like Darnell has a, a really high ceiling. And so he, he could probably make us look the worst if we don't add him. But he also, like I said before, I think he also has a lot of potential bust potential. I think I just said potential twice. Um, so I, I, would kind of lean toward him maybe as the number 32 guy. But I mean, I'm honest, I'm still a little bit yellow on him. Like, like if, if, if you told me he was going to be a deep, like a, like a big defensive end, I, I think there's, there's a better path for that. Like you could, you could pull up a guy like, like Eric Armstead or somebody like that. Like there, there are these kind of massive, uh, you know, three man front defensive ends or guys that can maybe even like slide inside. I think he, I think he said he was like 270, right. At, at the, at the check-ins. I just, it just the the tight end thing. He just doesn't like like the the quickness and the kind of he was just getting jammed off the ball. Like if you go back and like watch all those all those one on one videos, like he really kind of struggled um, to get open, and he kind of did in the game also. So I, I don't know. I mean, that was my thing, and um, and I wonder too. Like maybe you know, like this this setting was in pads, whereas you know it probably created it kind of, I think maybe that's why he looked worse in this setting than than a seven on setting where he's getting a free release like he was kind of getting hands on him which which slowed him down even more coming off the line so um, I, I wonder if that kind of played a role maybe in in him maybe this being like kind of the worst we've seen him but I mean his senior tape was was really good right I mean yeah. splitting out wide and and making I mean, plays down the field that's why we made him a five stars because yeah. senior tape was was really good like the first two months I just don't think he's ever been coached. I don't think he knows how to how to get a, a release. I don't think he knows how to use his hands, use his body yeah. correctly. I just don't. He, he's just all just raw. Just you know, it's just which again, I think that's why I feel like he's got a jump in him. Whereas some guys, you feel like they've already peaked a little bit. I think he's got a jump when he he gets kind of coached up a little bit. That was our conversation about what to do with Georgia signee Darnell Washington, a current five star who just doesn't have many comps to guide us or historical precedent that we can point to which makes his ranking especially tricky. Another difficult decision we're mulling is what to do with Zachary Evans. Evans is so talented and has long been the top-ranked running back in the cycle, but he's got documented off-the-field concerns, so much so that he addressed them on national television at the Under Armour All-American game. The Zach Evans question is, is a little more complicated because it's, it is framed a little bit by off-field, but the off-field stuff is so... Is so um, Relevant. Yeah, relevant and like yeah, not there's isolated. No, yeah, there's no. We're not dealing in in, in you window. You know, we're, we it's it's documented. We know like we know what's going on. Like this is a guy that's had, you know, that so we're at the running back position. This isn't a defensive end. Just to go go to school somewhere and pin his ears back and and rush the passer. A running back position, which is a devalue position in general across the board. Are we? Do we really want to? put all our chips behind him when we could put him behind one of these other guys. That's kind of what the deal is there. I think it's maybe, you know, you get to factor in when you're talking to five-star, like there's, there's several schools that just kind of, you know, kind of chose to go another direction. So I, I think that's when you're talking about a five-star guy that's that talented. Um, that's pretty significant off the field. I, stuff. Yeah. I think yeah, that's no, I agree. I agree with all point. that. Yeah. No, I, I feel like, 
just in the, my own personal past, anytime I've missed badly on a four or five, it's always been because of off the field. It's never anything physical. It's always been kind of, so I'm totally good. Maybe shine away from, maybe he can be 33 just so he could say, Hey, he was almost there. If he ends up winning the Heisman. Here's, here's, here's my thing with that too. Like if, if we don't make Zach Evans a five star, I think, I think a lot of people, I think most people probably would understand it. Um, Except for whatever school he signs with. Yeah. Which, which, which might be, you know, the same school that. Of course, there could be five different ones of that in the next couple of weeks at this rate. Right. So that was a little peek behind the curtains of the way we discuss our rankings. uh, So you can be a fly on the wall of our process. That process is going to lead to our rankings release, which kicks off Tuesday, January 28th. We'll release our five stars, followed by our top 24-7, and then continued updates at positional state rankings. You can also catch me on Friday on this podcast where I'll really have a sort of full discussion of our rankings manifesto, our philosophy, our process, the way we go about things, and and really a comprehensive take on our vision for the rankings process and at 24-7 Sports. So check back in on Friday, check back in next week, and we'll have a lot of content for you surrounding these rankings moving forward.